This is Stronger Together. It's a show about growing in marriage, parenting, relationships, and community. My name is Seth Towerherd, and I do want to give you a heads up right off the bat. This is a bit of a heavier topic. It's a very important topic uh, in the Christian faith right now, but it is something that maybe you got kids in the car. You can always grab the video later by searching Shine.fm on Facebook or YouTube if you're listening on the radio, or subscribe to the Shine.fm podcast network uh, for this show and then more content on faith, family, and music. Uh, uh, Dr. Brian Oswald joins me, and we are going to dive into a, a heavy topic here about overcoming spiritual abuse. I'm going to set this up with uh, the fact that uh, when we first, pre- uh, you know, kind of had the idea to do this show, the management at Shine wanted to make sure I wasn't quote unquote picking on one church. Mm-hmm. And sadly, there's been so many church scandals that have broken in 2018 that it's impossible to say that I was, you know, picking on one of these churches that, uh, you know, had a scandal because now there's been, I, I don't know, seven or eight. Um, and so unfortunately we're in a, a season where a lot of this stuff is coming out. Yeah. Uh, you're a pastor at Parkview Christian church and have led a lot of people through a journey that you, that you guys call overcoming spiritual abuse. So first yes. of all, what do you mean by that topic? Uh, spiritual abuse really is any organization that is manipulative. It's controlling. Uh, you can see this in business. You can see this in schools. Obviously, you see this in churches. You see this in all types of churches where really the leadership becomes manipulative and controlling some bad theology many times, uh, and it really degenerates into people getting hurt. Yeah. Uh, and so what that looks like in real life is, hey, there are decisions that probably you only have the authority to make as a family and uh we're going to take or as an individual and we're going to take that freedom away from you or, you know, we may even make veiled threats against you. Again, yes. if you just joined us, I want to remind you uh, that we are this is all faith talk, but this might be something that if you have young kids in the car, you're listening on the radio, you might want to grab it a little bit later. Uh, so I'm going to give the two most extreme examples of spiritual abuse. Uh, unfortunately, from the last five years, mm-hmm. I believe there have actually been two cases um, where one small group member has murdered another one because they thought that they were sinning and it was like the only way to save them. I mean, it, it's the most extreme case of spiritual abuse, but yet we've seen this in America more than once in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, really from the beginning of, of the church, there's been heresy, there's been bad theologies, there's been manipulation and control. People get hurt. Uh, it's, it's happened because of, of human sin. So what the church should be many times is not what Jesus meant it to be, which is if you look at the Gospels, for example, Jesus never manipulated anybody. He it was always grace. It was always empathetic listening. Obviously, he told the truth, but he never coerced anybody into thinking that to follow him was something that they had to do. Jesus gives us the freedom to to follow him and he wants to us to do it in a way that is sincere and is based on what he's done for us, rather than what leaders say is the right way, which many times, again, if it's manipulative and controlling and spiritually abusive, they're going to do it in a legalistic way to control people. This is Stronger Together. It's a show about growing in marriage, parenting, relationship, and and community. We're talking about uh, overcoming spiritual abuse with Brian Oswald, who's a pastor at Parkview Christian Church in Orland Park, Illinois, who's walked with a lot of people through the healing process here. Um, I'm guessing that people are kind of saying right off the bat, but yeah, but should the church 
the church can't just put up with anything, right? And there's obviously a clear line here. I'm going to give kind of an extreme yes. example, but I remember being in high school youth group and a couple of high school seniors who had had a long line of juvenile delinquency joined the high school youth group and faked, you know, accepting Christ so they could sell drugs. It was a large youth group, 150 kids, and they faked the whole thing thinking that it was a really good place to sell drugs. And of course, at some point, you know, there, there are things that can't go on in church and, you know, people selling your kids drugs is going to be one of them uh, to where you, you say you can't do that there. So where is the line or the boundary? You know, if, if somebody's going through this or they have a relative or a friend going through this, where's the line between a healthy church saying you can't sell drugs to my kids and, you know, between the difference between that and we're manipulating you? Great question. Obviously, the Bible is very clear, I think, on really what sin is. Obviously, that's sin. So as leadership, as pastors, our number one responsibility is protecting the flock. So church discipline is something that is very important for the church. How we do that is very, very important. It has to be done in grace. It has to be done with reconciliation. But what happens, of course, on the other side, it's a very thin line sometimes of doing that. But also now we think because to protect the flock, we need to put up a lot of rules to make sure that the flock does the right thing. The problem with the rules sometimes is the fact they're not biblically based. And we could go in we could talk about a hundred examples of, you know, you need to be a good Christian. You need to follow these rules so you don't hurt anybody. Yeah. But see, so again, many times with spiritual abuse, the intention may be okay and good, okay? It's a very insidious thing. I think it just, it develops and it develops and it develops into really a heart issue. So now to have a great congregation, I need to control and I need to tell the flock because the flock, you know, is, is not smart enough to read the Bible on their own. So I need to tell them what to do. Yeah. Okay, so the intentions may be honorable, but you need, need to deal with this, and you need to deal with people that are hurting other people. Jesus said, right, um, you're going to have people in, in, in your church that are sheep in wolf's clothing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have to protect the flock from those people. Yeah. We're talking about overcoming spiritual abuse. Uh, Brian Oswald joins me. There is something so much different about being hurt by the church. If you or someone you know has been through a season of, of spiritual abuse, as somebody abusing their authority in the name of Christ and doing things that are unbiblical, there's something that hurts a lot more than if authority is abused somewhere else. So, for example, I was on a basketball team in uh, my freshman year of high school that uh, the coach was eventually fired for because he basically struck a player, like basically punched him. You know, that didn't happen to me, uh, so it, it it wasn't a lot of trauma, but that's a little bit of trauma, yeah. being afraid of authority sure. figures. However, I didn't go the rest of my life thinking all basketball coaches are going to unexpectedly punch me in the face. However, it's very easy, I think, when you have a faith experience where you experience abuse to say, well, all churches, all Christians, all yes. of Christianity is this. Why is it so hard to separate that? You know, we want to believe our leaders. We want to believe that the pastor has my best intention, that he has intentions for my welfare, okay? What happens a lot with leadership, especially a charismatic leader, we put him on a pedestal, where there's one person who should be on the pedestal, and his name is Jesus. So to honor and respect is one thing. To, to elevate to superstar status, and then for that pastor 
or leader to now hurt me is very, very difficult, is very, very damaging. And there's people in spiritual abuse and situations in churches where they've left because of this kind of abuse and they never come back to Jesus. That's the fallout of what we see with spiritual abuse. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just if you've been through, uh, you know, spiritual abuse, it's not necessarily just that there was a, a big fall of a leader or a church. Uh, you and I actually both have, have known someone at least briefly that, that worked for a a major church, uh, not in the Midwest, that uh, that wound up, you know, quote unquote, going out of business because of the um, kind of some of the scandals around it. And you know, the one of the staff members who'd worked there, who we later met, uh, really just was still carrying a lot of scars, a lot of wounds from that. And it was from um, just it being a, a toxic church environment. Yes. Uh, so you you think about like a, a work environment where everybody's slamming Red Bulls and uh, everybody's afraid of the boss. And then, you know, you, you get to your next job and you kind of have a little bit of that mm -hmm. jitteriness. The same thing for mm -hmm. church attendance is mm -hmm. you go to a church like that, even if it wasn't you that was being singled out, I think it's pretty easy to to kind of be a little bit scared. Yes. Well, how churches, one of the controlling factors of churches is that, you know, you need to believe what I say because I know more than you, but Jesus wants us to discern with the Holy Spirit gift and reading the word and knowing the word and knowing his character. We have a responsibility for our own spiritual welfare, okay? So we have to guard our heart. And um, it, it's so important to understand our responsibility in being in the body of Christ. Okay, and the thing that that is that is so pervasive is the fact that spiritually abusive leaders are going to use half biblical truths. So sometimes it's hard to discern in terms of when they're preaching or teaching, they'll use a truth, but it's a misapplication or it's out of context. Okay, it's or it's proof texting. It's all of this stuff. So I talk so much about the fact, man, we need to know God's character for ourselves. Okay, we follow leaders, we submit to, to authority, that's important, it's part, important to be part of the body of Christ, but also for us to be discerning about our welfare in front of the Lord and our family's welfare. And also for the welfare of the people that we may lead or disciple. So we have a lot of responsibility in ourselves and, and people don't often like to talk about how they're complicit in a spiritually abusive situation they don't want to talk about how they miss their responsibility. That's a tough subject, but it's a very, very true subject. It's important that God has given us that charge for us through his Holy Spirit, through his word, through listening to God, that I have that responsibility. Yeah. We're talking about overcoming spiritual abuse. Uh, this is Stronger Together. It's a show about growing in marriage, parenting, relationship, and community. This is all faith talk, but it is heavy. So if you've got young kids in the car, you're listening on the radio, you can always grab the video uh, by searching Shine.fm on Facebook or YouTube or the audio by searching uh, Shine.fm podcast wherever you download podcasts. Uh, I, you know, I do want to talk about, and this is a little different than spiritual abuse before we get back on that track, but the... Uh, the disappointment in a leader, uh, you know, when we, we talked about leaders falling or, mm -hmm. you know, or maybe sometimes it's just a, a pastor saying, you know, I quit. I can't do this anymore. 
and there isn't any big scandal. It's just that that person burned out and really isn't in a season where they can help be healthy and do ministry anymore. I've had that happen or seen that happen with a couple of people I was pretty close to who were pretty uh, influential on my life. And I remember just even that being somewhat jolting, right? Like, uh, Mm -hmm. not that like I questioned God or am I an atheist now, but there was a season of grieving. Like there was a season of questions around that. Yes. Yes. Well, I think the whole question of spiritual abuse is is a really interesting question. I mean, technically, it really is oxymoronic because if Jesus is our Savior, and, you know, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, you know, through my weaknesses, Christ is going to demonstrate his ministry through me, and I'm following where Jesus is leading, we really should have spiritual burnout. I'm not saying I'm more spiritual than anybody else, but you know what, it's like... Is it my power or is it Jesus' power? Is it is it because I'm not delegating? I'm not I'm not teaching the volunteers to serve on their own. You know, Ephesians four talks about the fact one of the main main things of a pastor's responsibility is teaching other servants to to do the works of the ministry. So I'm more of an overseer. Obviously, I do ministry, but see, that's what happens. I think sometimes in spiritual burnout is that we like the glory. Yeah, we like the power. We like to be the ones affirmed, but we need to pass that down to volunteers and servants that are they're carrying on the works of the ministry. Yeah, and so there, there's a couple layers to that. The first one is, uh, you know, even if you're just volunteering uh, one hour a month at your local church, you know, that, that's more than most people probably ever wind up doing. <laughs> and so if it's just you're doing the smallest thing, you're helping to take pressure off the people who, you know, are you know spiritually helping to provide an environment for you to worship God each week. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing that I think is interesting about that mm-hmm. is that it's so easy in church world for us to put up a, a line between like kind of the. Uh, the spiritual and the practical. Uh, and, yes. you know, when we say, oh, why did this, you know, why did this leader burn out? Or why am I feeling like somebody who's faithfully served in, you know, kids ministry or something? Why am I feeling burned out? And a lot of times it's actually just very practical. It's like, mm-hmm. well, uh, I mean, are you sleeping five hours a night? Absolutely. Is there a major stressor in your life? Uh, you know, to a kind of an extreme example, but mm-hmm. uh, but I think applies here. You know, I saw an elderly relative uh, go through in a very short period of time during an illness, go to the point where she said, I just don't want to live anymore. And we're like, what's, you know, this person who's been so full of life, what's going on here? What was going on was she was so incredibly dehydrated uh, that as soon as she, you know, got an IV and was rehydrated, she was herself in three hours, you know? And so... like this, oh, well, I'm having this existential crisis. I have nothing to, you know, live for. Not that mental health and, you know, and depression and that type of thing aren't, you know, real topics that need real help. But also if you're just facing burnout, if you don't know how to do it anymore, um, I mean, if you're just living off of Skittles and Red Bull and never sleeping, uh, it's probably not a spiritual problem, (laughs) you know? Absolutely. Well, I think what the church misses many times is the fact that Jesus is interested in absolutely every practical part of our life, physically, spiritually, mentally, with family, with work, with all of that. You know, our idols, whether it's business, whether it's work, whether it's play, you know, recreation, or my son plays 80 80 games of baseball, you know, it burns us out. So, you know, we need our guardrails. We need the fact for God to show us how to be balanced. So it is self-inflicted. There's no question about it. And because God never meant us to live that way. But that's part of a healthy church, too, in terms of from the pulpit, from teaching, are we living a balanced life? You know, yeah. Because my family is about God. My work is about God. My serving is about God. Everything is about God. 
but he doesn't want us to burn out. Burnout is totally of the flesh. Yeah. You know, we may go through seasons where, you know, both mom and dad have to work and we have, you know, a couple of new babies and that kind of thing, financial. So the stresses of today are, are really, really tough. But that also presumes the fact that, you know, that we as a people of God, that God shows us practically how to live in this tough life and yeah. what that means and, and how the practical aspects Sleeping eight hours can be one of the most spiritual things you ever do. You got to take care of your body. If you're physically down, if you're physically not well, spiritually you're not going to be well. Mentally you're not going to be well. So the the the, the correlation spiritually, mentally, and body is so so intertwined. We don't think about that. But the church oftentimes, I don't think, really teaches that as much as they should. Yeah, you know, and I I think that I have a you know responsibility as a a Christian who goes to church and volunteers and doesn't do anything particularly special, you know, uh, but you're doing that now. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, you know, I, I, I think I ought to find something, you know, to help out with some. And yes. at the same time, you know, I, I spend most of my time running a business. I'm able to do, uh, you know, some broadcasting here. Um, but I spend most of my time running a business. My wife and I are having a baby like yeah. any day now. Yeah. So it's probably not the time for me to take on 37 new projects. In yes. fact, I would say for the remainder of 2018, the healthiest thing I can do for myself, uh, for my Christian walk and for my family is to say no to just almost everything. Yes. Well, <laughs> Except for the stuff I'm already doing. There, there are seasons yeah. in your life to be able to do more in the church, but you're in ministry right now, Seth. Yeah. What you're yes. doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so well, and we it, think it, of ministry only times internally. Yeah. We got, we got ministry externally in our neighborhoods and in our work and all those kinds of things. So, But that's the, some of the teaching of the church is, again, in the spiritually abusive churches, I mean, they just screw all of this up because, they're, they're again, they're, they're coercing people into a system that is unhealthy, generally, because of, of, of what they require of them to be this good Christian and to be faithful and to be loyal and all of these things that are true biblical concepts, right? But again, it's out of context and yeah. it's out of balance. Yeah. Right? So many times what we, what we teach, we communicate as much by what we don't say as by what we do say. Yeah. That's an important part of listening to God. Well, I think there is something there that needs to be said about the fact that uh, if you're being, if you or someone you know is or ever has been pressured to, to kind of bend beyond the point where you can break, you know, or it, if it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a nurse and I do, you know, shift rotations. And for the next three months, I'm on third shift. I get off at 7 a.m. And it's like, well, you better be at church at 730 to help yes. with this thing. Yes. You can't just come to church. You yes. better be volunteering, you know, eight hours after you just work 12. Now we're getting into unsafe territory. Totally, totally unsafe and so unbiblical. Yeah. This is the thing that drives me nuts because it's, it's just, there's some things in a spiritually abusive situations that are so anti-biblical, but other things are more subtle. And, and so we gotta be very careful. But again, if we're, you know, they preach loyalty, they, they preach the fact that you gotta serve, that you gotta be there all the time because good Christians are there all the time. You know, being a mother, being a father, being a nurse is so spiritual. <laughs> You're doing the work of Jesus. And it's so presumptuous for a leader to say, you know, you're not a good Christian unless you're here every time the door opens. That happens all the time, all across Christianity and all denominations and all systems. 
that happens. Yeah. Okay. And and we can't generalize because again, it can be hit or miss depending on. And really, it's all again about the quality and humility of the upper level leadership. Any organization, any church, any system is only as good as the upper level health of the leadership. If that's not there, it'll never be healthy, period. Yeah. You know, and I, I do just want to pause here real quick in, in the midst of a, a pretty heavy discussion, but one that really needs to be had to say that, uh, you know, this show or this particular episode of the show was not born out of like trying to be passive aggressive at any particular church or anything. <laughs> yeah. It was it was just looking yeah. at uh, where people are at and looking at the fact that if you probably go back to 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. so the last, you know, four or five years, we're probably looking at over 20 major church wow. scandals, I would say. And so uh, this is just a, an era where things are brought to light when everybody can record stuff on their cell phone and all of a sudden yes. you can look back and find out a lot of things about people's lives that were more easily hidden. Um, you know, just the, the laundry's getting aired out, so to speak. And yes. so we just thought that we really needed to address this thing across the board. Amen. I'm guessing that most people uh, who are listening who maybe had been something like this they're probably not in a situation, statistically, they're probably not in a situation right now where they've been through something, but they might be listening to this and saying, oh, you know, I've never really looked at it that way, but I think I'm walking around with some wounds from five years ago, 10 yes. years ago, even childhood yes. uh, that that I haven't been able to shake in my spiritual walk. Uh, you know, I'll give a quick example. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine, he's a, a New York Times bestselling author mm. uh, and, you know, kind of has done a, a lot of some big books in the Christian space. When he was like eight, uh, he went to a small church and uh, kind of in, you know, kind of rural America. And the new pastor came in and his first sermon was all about how the pastor's in authority and basically anybody that stands up to him is going to get crushed. Yeah. And he was eight. And so he was just like, well, I guess that's how Christianity is. I, best, I guess I better be a good kid and not hack this guy off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, later that that led to him for a brief period of time, renouncing his faith and, you know, not believing in God and then coming back fairly quickly. Uh, so th- there could be something out there that you just have, like, that you need to to get out of your system, so to speak. Is that right? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, b- biblical counseling, um, good, good counselors that are Christians, uh, meeting with pastors, um, the many, many different avenues of, of healing, of help. I mean, I, I think what's so important to realize, Seth, is that, you know, we're all imperfect. We all sin. There's no perfect church. So we have to understand, I think, again, sometimes we elevate certain leaders because uh, they're good teachers, they're, they're really good leaders, but somehow they're replacing Jesus in our lives. And, and, and obviously, Jesus is the healing God. And so it's so important to, to press into the healing power of Jesus. And again, that's in his word, to really know his character, but also personal counseling, support group stuff that we've done here at Parkview has been very, very helpful, you know, to help people process the emotion. You know, one of the things I was thinking about, Seth, that I think one of the predominant figures, this, this would be a suggestion for people out there that maybe you're not sure about churches that you're involved in, and it seems, seems to be a little bit unhealthy. I think the acid test that I see is for people, if, if they can't openly communicate a problem with leadership or a problem with theology or a question, right? If there's not an openness of that, meaning that, you know, you shouldn't ask that, you know, you really can't go to the pastor, and uh, especially if it's a difficult question, 
yeah. for their pastor to imply or the leader to imply, you know, you're the problem now. You shouldn't ask that question. How dare you? So that the level of open communication, if you look at any system of relationships, one of the most intimate, enduring things and quality of that is ability to be honest and open, authentic, and for that other person to hear what you have to say. So that's, that's humility and leadership to do that. Um, I can fail. I can sin. I am not perfect in my theology. You have a right as a parishioner to come and talk to me if you have a greater revelation or you see something that may be an error. When you do that with a leader, if they're not open to that, frankly, you need to run out of that church and never come back. Because, again, if it's upper-level leadership, you better bet, again, that's the way the church is going to be. So yeah. it's going to filter down, okay, is I know it and you don't, and you don't have a right to ask me. Yeah. That sucks because that is really unhealthy. Yeah. And the because I said so thing has a time and place in life. And that time and place in life is when your well, two-year-old runs into the street <laughs> yes. not in adult interactions. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and so if there is no explanation other than, uh, you know, well, shut up, <laughs> then you probably have some pretty serious questions you need to ask. Uh, well, you, you look at the Gospels. I always... Um, Encourage people to read the Gospels and read what, how Jesus interacts in relationship. I mean, this is the God of the universe. This is God in the flesh. And, and if anybody demanded authority, it was him. But how he came, the spirit of which he came, the spirit of, of which he listened to people, the spirit of the truth that he said, because truth-telling is important. Well, what's the spirit behind that truth-telling? Is it one of humility? Is it one of the fact that I want your best interest? But see... You need to earn the credibility to listen to that person first and develop trust. But now I have a voice for them so I can truth tell them because what they're doing is hurting their life. And I need, because I love them, I need to tell them the truth. That's a lot different than getting a situation where you don't listen and you just like hammer them with the word of God and just do what, you know, just do as I say, and I don't have any more time for you. So it's that relationship, but that's, that's humility, you know. And I always talk about the fact of, of that truth-telling is, is we have an obligation for that. But again, how we do that and the tone of voice and, and the timing of that is critical. Yeah. This is Stronger Together. It's a show about growing in marriage, parenting, relationship, and community. Uh, Brian Oswald of Parkview Church in Orland Park, Illinois, joins me as we're talking through uh, overcoming spiritual abuse, uh, specifically if you or a loved one has ever been in a church situation that has been manipulative or sometimes even dangerous in a way. And, you know, we've seen probably 20 church scandals hit in the last five years. So, uh, you know, a lot of Christians around the country have been affected by this. And this is just a topic that's coming up more and more. I, I want to kind of go out here on, on, on talking about counseling and, uh, you know, kind of biblical counseling therapy to get through stuff like this. And just, just say that, you know, I'm in a season in my life right now where new baby any day now, a fairly new business. I spend most of my time running a business that, uh, it's in his second year. So I have more professional pressure than I've ever had. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's kind of been some circumstances um, that have uh, kind of put me back in contact slash conflict with uh, some family that I've been estranged from for about 15 years. And the thing is, is like, first of all, I'm, I'm actually really happy. And second of all, any of those things by themselves would be like, okay, that's something to deal with. But when you compress all those things into the same thing, 
you know, what I know about mental health and kind of what I know about how the human brain works is I'm probably going to go ahead and do uh, some kind of counseling around this pressure, not because I'm in bad shape, but because I know that uh, I probably need to make sure that I'm in good shape, if that makes sense. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, grace of Jesus, why can't you just let it go? Why can't you just move on? Uh, because that's not necessarily how the human brain works. And so if you've been kind of limping around on this, I, I played basketball in college. I blew out my knee. No one expected me to walk on a blown out knee until it got better. <laughs> I got medical yes. care. Yes. Well, I think what you bring up, about counseling, you know, it's it's an interesting history in the church. Uh, certainly, even some churches today would say you don't need any kind of outside counseling. Now, we recommend mostly Christian counseling that are master's degree. Okay, um, it's important, um, but the process, the emotions, and 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 to really see for the counselor, trained counselors, to bring out the heart and, and to bring out the the rumination in the brain and and how you're thinking about things is really really very healthy. Um, and so that's, that's important because you, you don't want your heart to become hard. So that processing of information, the processing of your brain and the emotions and being able, it's really cathartic and, and for a good counselor to listen and allow you to speak that is very, very healthy. Yeah. You know, uh, God uses that. Jesus uses that for healing because you're, you're healing because your heart, your heart is healing from this, this lack of relationship health. And we all go through that in family and all sorts of situations, you know, because we have an obligation to be as Jesus to them. And that's a high call. So we need to process. You know, and I think that's our number one takeaway from the episode here is if, if this just kind of has put a lump in your throat the whole time mm -hmm. we've been talking about it, uh, you could probably use some help getting through this. And almost every single church is probably going to have a referral to a good, mm -hmm. you know, Christian counselor. And if not, you just don't know who's within five miles of your house or 10 miles of your house. Cause you don't want to drive an hour and a half away. A quick Google search of Christian counselor. Uh, you know, this is not something that's, that's super rare trying to find somebody who's qualified here. Mm -hmm. You should be able to find somebody, uh, you know, that that's convenient and you're able to get into, uh, without totally disrupting, uh, d disrupting your life. Yes. Um, Brian Oswald has been joining me as we've talked about, Overcoming Spiritual Abuse, uh, which is a class that you actually teach uh, uh, pretty regularly. So anything else that you think that uh, somebody who maybe is going through this and needs to get out right away or has been through this really needs to know about the healing process? Well, it should go without say, saying that to be involved and integrated into a healthy church is primary. You know, we can't deny, we can't run away, and we can't um, ostracize ourselves. That's not what Jesus would want us to do. And Jesus heals that pain and heals that hurt. Um, but we need to do it with other people. Okay, again, churches aren't going to be perfect. There, there's going to be really strengths and weaknesses. Let me say, there's a lot of healthy churches out there. Seth. Yeah. You know, we're talking about fringe churches and things that, and again, it's on a scale from from maybe minimal spiritual abuse all the way to very severe spiritual abuse. So there's a lot of healthy churches out there. Um, but be involved, press into Jesus, press into his word, uh, become a disciple, uh, and, and learn the, God's true attribute attributes demonstrated through Jesus because again healing is going to come and sometimes you have to feel that pain you ha you have to feel like wow this is so heavy but see the devil wants you to ignore that can just push it off to the side saying well I'm not going to trust anymore but see God's called you to the church and yeah. you need to be in the church and in a healthy church yeah. and leave the unhealthy church and get involved in a healthy church and you know we know statistically that uh, you know that in Christian radio, there's all people who 
are listening because they're like, you know what? I need this. Maybe I went to church. I haven't had a lot of church experience. I'm not going right now, whatever the circumstances yes. be. I would say yes. that if you're in a situation where you've really had a lot of fear and you're really working through the healing, uh, you know, I'm not sure that every local pastor is going to endorse this view, but mm-hmm. if you're just nervous about it, go 15 minutes late and leave 10 minutes early yeah, and absolutely. sit in the back. Absolutely. And that will just give yes. you the experience to know that you're safe again. Yes. Um, Great yeah. suggestion. Yeah. Be uh, anonymous for, for yeah, a time. Yeah, it's okay. If you if that's what you can handle, if you can't handle talking to anybody right now, um, Jesus gets it. He can handle it. Uh, and if, if that's what you need to do, just go ahead and and, uh, and step back in uh, and uh, you can find out there. Hey, if you do, this is kind of a special episode where I'd say, if you do have um, any questions or need additional resources here, uh, the Shine.fm staff would love to be able to connect you to resources uh, that you need. You can uh, hit us up on Facebook at Shine.fm and send us a message right there if that's something you want to do. Hey, if you missed any part of this conversation, also you can search Shine.fm on Facebook or YouTube and uh, get the video. It's an entirety if you were listening on the radio or subscribe to the Shine.fm podcast network for a lot more really good stuff on faith, family, and music. Search shine.fm podcast wherever you subscribe to audio.